But then I thought to myself, have you ever seen Barry Saturn's elbow drop? Oh, and that's when you got the biggest boner you've ever had in your life, right? Contained tombstone, man. Pull my pants down. So do you figure yourself more of a tarantula or a mosaic? Something to go drink some moonshine, take a shower, and get the hell out of here. Man, how did you feel about tarantula? <laughs> the dead man in the cocksure tormentor. Hebner's on the turnbuckle yelling up at them to get down. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't let tornado stop. Everybody's in there. Way too fucking hard. That's gotta be a key! Well, I think Undertaker put a put an end to all this ass ass business. I'm your host, Duke Bags. Kevin Rogue. And he's Kevin Rogue. Today's episode, we are on series two, episode nine, in your house, bad blood. Now let's talk about that. But before we before we get any further, let's talk about bad blood. Because there's two D's. I don't know if you noticed it. There's two D's, double D, bad blood, just like I like my racks. Right, right, right. Why two D's in the bad blood? Um, we mentioned this off air, but I trying to be bad. He was using the two, the double D's long before the clowns over in Sanford decided to be a fun okay. name for a pay per view. So. That's a good point. I think most most great ideas are probably stolen from Johnny B. Bad. Duh. <laughs> he was he was a revolutionary man. He was wonderful. Uh, opening it says uh, in over one hundred countries in seven different languages to over a half billion people around the world. What what languages you figure? Because I well, don't take the easy ones either. Because like English, right? That counts. Spanish, French, French, yeah, <laughs> okay, easy peasy, right? But what other ones? Welsh, Portuguese. That's an easy one, yeah. Um, whatever they speak in India, probably. Okay. Mandarin, Mandarin, yeah, Mandarin's uh, got to be. That's an easy one. Russian. Uh, I suppose, like any, uh, there's a lot of languages out there, but I suppose any of the like uh, progressed countries at that point probably get a connection and other countries pretty much all of them can speak multiple languages. So you could probably watch the Federation wherever you are at this point. Yeah, for sure. And it, it, I suppose it just depends on the size of the audience. If it's worth it to invest in a translator for that particular language. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that makes, that makes perfect sense. We figured that one out. I mean, you can only have so many announce tables around the ringside area. Yeah, but now now they line up like WrestleMania. Now they have like seventeen hundred. Really? I don't, the, I don't even think there's that many languages. I think everybody gets a table though. Huh. How much you suppose the table goes for? I think that uh, you don't have to pay to have a table to announce the show. I think they pay you. That's a sweet deal, man. That is a sweet deal. Maybe you should learn a couple new languages. We could take the year of Duke and Rogue to WrestleMania. We're going to WrestleMania. Woo! We got to get that should... get that table, man. Right, but I suppose we should talk about bad the blood first. All right. Well, this this son of a bitch took place on October fifth, nineteen ninety seven, live from the Keel Center, in St. Louis, Missouri. 
I wasn't aware of this, but this is a pretty important uh, wrestling arena. We'll get to we'll get to some of why later. Yeah. But the uh, the show starts off with a package narrated by the guy who should be narrating all of these packages. Oh, who was it? Uh, I don't know. It's just the guy with the voice, man. It's the guy with the voice, man. The guy with the voice. Yep. Okay. Um, features the feud between Michaels and the Undertaker. Oh do- yeah! In this package, he says a cocksure tormentor. Like, <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, that was that was the part that brought me in because you don't really expect to hear cock in their uh, in their opening thing, and say, <laughs> right. he, he just goes a cocksure tormentor. And I was like, whoa, that could be my wrestling name. <laughs> it's, it's good, man. If I were to make a an adult film adaptation, like a wrestling adaptation, I think that would I would be the heel and I would be the cocksure tormentor. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's a might good wanna, name. Might want to write that down. Well, we're recording it. You don't need to write it down. All right. Well, these guys are going to be colliding in the first ever Hell of a Cell match. And the main event is design, designed to keep out Sean's cronies, Triple H and China and Ravishing Rick. Who have been just really beating the piss out of the taker recently. He has been getting the boots. So, yeah, man. This match is going to be good. Yeah, we'll see. No way in, no way out, no way to stop the carnage. (laughs) (laughs) The dead man in the cockshore tormentor. Inside the hell in a cell. This guy gets you hype, man. Nobody else should should be doing these packages but i suppose guy. it's better than it's better than uh who is it uh old doc <laughs> hey, it's, it's hell in a cell with the cashier tormentor <laughs> wouldn't be the same oh man so playstation presents this show remember the old playstation one yeah i remember playstation one do you remember playstation two yeah not as much as one no why you remember one so much it was the first uh, system with the disc that I remember. Bullshit. Sega CD. Okay. <laughs> you, dumb, <laughs> you dumb dick. <laughs> man. <laughs> My bad, man. Yeah, no, it's all right. All right. So McMahon casually announces that Brian Pillman died this afternoon. Yeah, Which... I didn't realize that. Did you did you remember this at all? Like that I was didn't very, either, no. Yeah, that was very strange. In Bloomington, Bloomington, Minnesota. Yeah. Um so I mean nowadays I mean the same question could be asked a couple of years later when um Owen passed away, but mm-hmm. do you keep a show going when one of your colleagues just died? Yeah. Well, I mean, the show must go on kind of thing. I think that I, I know more probably around surrounding the Owen Hart incident than I do the Brian Pillman incident. Uh, But I know that in the Owen Hart incident, they were, the performers were given the option not to continue the show. And and I think when there's tragedy or something, you know, big like that surrounding an event, I think a lot of the performers still want to go on as a tribute to you know the, the the wrestler that has passed so i think given the option i think most people would still go ahead and, and you know uh go out there and, and put on the best show that they could uh nowadays would they i don't i don't i don't know i don't know when the most recent one 
was, but I can't ever remember a instance where the show not continued to go on. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, I I don't remember this when it happened. I don't know if it's impossible to really put myself in that situation as a fan when this happened live, considering the gimmick this guy's been doing. Right. right. You know, it's like, do you buy this? Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. I didn't. And Marlena was his slave at this time. You know, so you right. start to, you know, yeah. he just really blurred the line. It was really a, uh, really a tragedy what happened with him. But yeah, um, so the show goes on. First up, we got the Legion of Doom taking on the nation. We got D'Lo, Rock, and Kama. How do you... How, so, I know that I get a little excited about certain performers, right? It, it happens. Gigolo Jimmy. Gigolo yeah. Jimmy. He's he's one that, you know, Savio Vega, right? But how good is D'Lo Brown? Is he the best performer on the card tonight? The best? P- potentially, yeah. Uh I've never thought of him as the best. You never have, right? right. You should start. You should start because D'Lo Brown is one hell of a performer. Is that good, huh? Yeah. Well, do you think he wasn't that good? Was there? Did he do something within the 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 match to make you think he wasn't the best performer of the evening? I mean, I'll give you this much: this is the best I've seen LOD look. Yeah, and who are they in the so, ring? With? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There you, you know, go. Um, yeah. Huh. D'Lo Brown. Yep. Yeah, this might have been his first pay-per-view match, actually. This is the first time I remember seeing him. Well, WrestleMania 13, I think he took a took a Pro River plunge through an ounce table. Mm, everybody I did. That happen, right? But I, I think this is the first time we've seen him in in, in an actual match. And phew, I'll be damned if you, the show shouldn't be, you know, retitled. The show shouldn't be retitled. The show. I'd be damned if the show shouldn't be retitled. Okay. To what? Delos demo demolishing happy hour. <laughs> All right. Well, man, this is really the golden age of theme songs in the Federation. Yes. I mean, even without the rapping going on, the the nation and domination theme, just a banger. Yeah. Um. So Shamrock was supposed to be the third man here with the LOD. And how happy were you that he wasn't? <laughs> I mean, I I wasn't happy, I guess, but I oh, wasn't okay. I wasn't I wasn't sad about it either. You weren't let down that he wasn't there. But you were happy not to see him? I was pretty happy not to see him. Yeah, you've gotten kind of you've gotten on your on your nerves here recently. That's accurate. Um, and then they didn't and there was no replacement. Part of me was wondering if there was going to be a replacement, and there, they just nobody was willing. Nobody was willing to help out LOD, probably because they, they've seen him perform before. But uh, and then <laughs> Hawk Hawk grabs the mic to begin the match, and he, Ken Shamrock spitting up blood. That's real cute. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind of twisted pervert are you, Hawk? <laughs> and this is the sharpest I've seen Hawk. Yeah, he must he must have been clean at this time because <laughs> uh, I doubt it. But I mean, he was sharp or, you know, um, yeah, he calls him the nation of abomination. Yeah. Nice yeah. touch. Right, it rhymes. So it'll catch. <laughs> so we got a two out of three handicap tag match. Yes. 
So the first spot I got here is when Hawk delivers a vicious standing boot to the face. To D'Lo, yeah. It was just a, you know, great boot to the face. And we're yeah. getting we're getting some Rocky sucks chance right off the bat. We are, we are. It's so D'Lo D'Lo works the majority of this match, right? He takes he takes the majority of the yeah majority of the punishment. Uh, he's he he is phenomenal. At one point, Vince calls him uh, the WWF's uh, version of Lennox Lewis, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> And then I think it's Animal gets in the ring, and this part this part of the match made me laugh and made me think that maybe people are catching on to LOD shtick because Hawk gets in the ring and he yells LOD. <laughs> and what you hear is exactly what you just heard was fucking crickets. <laughs> like it took probably another 25 to 35 seconds for the LOD chant to actually start. Like maybe like some some guy's ringside was like, oh that's right, we missed our cue. We're supposed to LOD chant. It was it was phenomenal. It's a slow burn. Yeah, it wasn't what shouldn't be the case in a wrestling chant. <laughs> you know, any anytime hacks out Jim Duggan goes, Are USA? Everybody right away. Right away. Done, right away. Right? No question about it. Hawk goes, LOD. <laughs> nobody does shit that made me laugh that was that was pretty much pretty much maybe that might have been the highlight of the match for me except for i did want to ask you how do you prefer your comma godfather really that's godfather's just a classic yeah he probably had his most success as godfather was he no 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 he did not Wasn't he in a main event? No, he wasn't in the main event, but he he participated uh, or he had a showing, uh, a run-in in the main event, WrestleMania 8. Yeah, he fucked it up. Yeah, you damn right he did. <laughs> he, he fucked, fucked it, up it all up. Yeah, well, he's Papa Shango, man. He's cursing everybody. Right. I forgot about Shango. That's, that's a good... He's had a nice variety of guys. It's like a Brutus yeah. Beefcake... But better, but better, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely better. Because obviously, you like Shango and the Supreme Fighting Machine. Uh, that that's a it's a great that's a great spot, right? That's a great. He did some great things. He had a cool haircut, had the chains, right? That's always right. good. Right. Kama Kama Mustafa when he came in with the Nation, he was billed to be like this, you know, kind of like the Supreme Fighting Machine, comma, but uh, a little bit different, I guess. Shaved head, not no hair, no BS, right? Right, and then he transitions to the Godfather, and that's pretty much what he was till the end of his career. Which Godfather really caught on with the fans. So you're probably right, but I think I like Kama Mustafa. This one, huh? Yeah, I think so, man. He's kind of a badass. He he delivers a hell of a uh, what do they call it? A martial arts kick. Yes, he does. But you think he forgot all the Supreme Fighting Machine stuff when he when he when he enlisted? Apparently not. No, absolutely. Apparently not. The nation, the nation's looking real good as a unit here. Um, just mm-hmm. isolating the guy in the corner. LOD's losing the numbers game big time here. But it was oh the um, so animal gets held down and Delo nails this. Was that the lowdown, or is that just a frog splash? Well, that was the lowdown, and I do want to talk about the lowdown. But before we do, did you see when 
they kind of did like uh, the old Dudley Boy Swasa, except for not off the top, top rope. I think it was D'Lo held uh, Hawk's legs up, and then The Rock just came in and punched him square in the dick. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, have you ever had that happen to you? I don't think so. Uh, we'll make it next time we get together. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Like you can't really like, like your legs are held up over your head and the guy just comes in and punches you right in the Jenny's just wait, just wakes up your crank. That's a, that's a creative Jenny's spot. That is a creative Jenny's spot and I appreciate it. But now we can talk about the, uh, the lowdown because I think it's an underrated frog splash. Yeah. It gets a lot of, uh, gets a lot of action behind that frog splash. Yeah. A lot of movement gets a lot of air. A lot of impact it's a great it, it's a great it's a great frog splash i mean i just watched this pay-per-view but my my vision's not as good as it used to be is he wearing the uh the chest protector at this time <laughs> no he's not Man, okay. if, if your vision's going that that's that far <laughs> like, you can't tell if he's wearing a fucking chest protector or not i didn't make a note about the chest protector i just remember that was uh that was one of the uh were you watching it on your phone from across the room? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Shit. All right, man. Well, I mean, okay. So we're we're looking at it. we're looking at a pre-chest protector D-Lo. Pre-chest, but yes, absolutely. So the chest protector was kind of his calling card. I, think, um, I thought that his neck movement was kind of his calling card. That was a good card too. Yeah, he had a couple cards. Yeah. So the. LOD does get the does get the uh, victory. The, they don't get the victory. I know. I just wanted to see if you're paying attention. Still, <laughs> the LOD gets the uh, what do you call it? The LOD gets the uh, <laughs> the setup to the Doomsday Device. Is that what you're calling? Well, Hawk gets back in the ring. He's a he's a house of fire. Hits a rude awakening and a bird. And uh Yeah, right over there. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good line. What you was that? Li- <laughs> what was that line? You said Hawk is a uh, house of fire, and I said end a bird. <laughs> All right, nice line. Thanks, <laughs> pull it together. <laughs> So, oh, so they set up the doomsday device, and this type of shit's been happening a lot. Yeah. I don't like it. Uh, this this tends to happen at Headbangers matches where they're setting up for a, a tag team move, mm-hmm. and they're waiting on a spot, and then the tag yep. team move gets abandoned. It's just being used way too much, in my opinion, here. Okay. But uh, anyways, so the that finisher is cast aside uh, due to oh. the running spot. Yeah, Farouk runs down. Animal kind of just just drops. I think it was D'Lo up there. Just kind of drops him. Yeah. And I think Rocky nails the rock bottom. Yeah, which after is... Com- Kama hits a sweet ninja kick. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's called the rock bottom yet, but... Uh... Uh, they're still calling him Rocky Mayavia. Mm-hmm. So the nation gets the win. If he keeps the name Rocky Mayavia and doesn't go to the... the go to the rock does that move does that become the rocky road i don't think so i don't think so either but it's possible 
Anything's possible. True. Nation so, gets the win, right? They D-Lo. get the win. D-Lo. You're looking at the real deal now. Yeah, you're looking at the real deal now. Now we get Sonny and Doc in the back. They're plugging the superstar line. The number is blurred out, which is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I got a kick out of the, the no number. You can't call us anymore. <laughs> so it was just a quick spot. They were reminded that uh, about Pillman's situation. They're giving us updates throughout the night. And he was scheduled to face the dude right here. That would have been a good one. Yep. Dude's and, always good. And in their place, we got a special minis tag match. Oh, 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 the minis. Yes. We got Max Mini. We got Nova against, Mo- against Mosaic and Tarantula. Tarantula. Man, how did you feel about Tarantula? He's a big mini, man. He well, yeah. I suppose you're you're accurate there. He was a little bit larger of a mini. I was hoping because I don't remember Tarantula uh, very much, so I was hoping that he had some type of like amazing costume, right? That made you scared of him. Right. Do you scared of Tarantula? He looked different. He looked yeah. He, nothing really. Nothing I'd, too. I'd probably be scared of him if if he was coming after me. Yeah. Uh, and mo- so, do you figure yourself more of a tarantula or a mosaic? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I can't really relate to either of these guys, man. <laughs> How about yourself? <laughs> well, I guess, I mean. <laughs> what, what I want to say is. In my heart, I fancy myself more of a tarantula, but mosaic, isn't that just a type of like pattern? Yeah, he's got a pretty fucking <laughs> pretty wild get up, man. But, but isn't that what a mosaic is? Isn't mosaic a pattern? Yeah, it's I like didn't... it's an art term for, yeah, some sort of crazy looking pattern. So not a really good name for a wrestler. It'd be like if, if you came down to the ring, they'd be like, here's, I don't know, I'll be Tarantula, and you're my partner, the flannel. <laughs> like, it wouldn't, like, that's not very good. It's not very good at all. Nova, right? Nova's a pretty good name. That's a good name. And uh, Max Mini, I mean, that's not great. It's okay. But Tarantula, I was, I was, I, I kind of fancy myself a little bit of a, a Tarantula. So Mosaic and Tarantula. Yeah. Are combined 169 pounds. And JR, JR lets us know that Mini and Nova have a two pound advantage. Mini and Nova have an advantage? No, there's no way. I I question that myself, but I usually usually take what JR says, you know. And question it. You're right. Um, Mini's being billed as the world's smallest athlete. Yep. And. It really sounds like Lawler wants a match with one of these guys. 
Makes sense. <laughs> so this is a this is a fun little match. It's fast paced. There's a lot of botches. Very lucha libre chain wrestling happening. Yeah, they uh, they did they they had the lucha libre rules in place. They were flying around. I love these matches, man. I think they're very entertaining. That for whatever reason, they always kind of they always kind of grip me and bring me in. And one of the things I thought while I was watching this one though is if you watch like their sequences. And then you watch tag team wrestling of today. I think a lot of these guys are taking notes of these mini matches. You think so? I think so, man. I mean, Tarantula and Max Mini, they you never hear them listed in, you know, this guy inspired me to, to buy a pair of tights, you know? No, but you shouldn't. You should. You would have been a better team. Huh. Torito. Torito. And tarantula. Oh Maybe yeah. TN- TNT mini dynamite. That's that sounds like a no brainer. Yeah, I wonder what uh, Torito is probably out there just goring people in the hallway. Probably get himself into all sorts of mess back there. It was a fun match. It was it it, it kind of gripped me, uh, but when it started falling apart, I started to worry a little bit because it it looked like the shit was really falling apart. Like they they kind of got in that quicksand mode where like shit just was no longer connecting, no matter what it was. Right. And it almost seemed like the official went, "Well, the shit's falling apart. I'm coming to three. Let's get out of here." <laughs> so Jr. Jr. speculating about Mike Kiota not knowing Spanish, so there might be a communication issue happening. However. Later on, I hear him counting the uno, dos, trace. Oh, did he count uno, dos, trace? When, when, the, when they were outside of the ring. Okay. Did you notice any time he told uh, any of the performers to get out of the ring, he, like, took a knee? Yeah. Yeah. Who the hell is this height fascist? He's... He's what? He's five foot nine, so he thinks he's superior? What a prick. He's trying to get down to their level, man. Well, that's a little dirty pool to say as well. <laughs> you can't win, really. No, unless you unless, can't. unless you get a mini official. They should have had a mini official. You know who should have been the mini official? Huh? Torito. Torito, of course. Yeah. And you so could have they- counted. He could have counted the three with his horn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been all right. Yeah, I know. I got good ideas. So, I think JR's got a few good lines. You know, any of these four would fit into the Godwin's overalls. Oh, gross. And then the God, Godwin's have had bigger sandwiches in their overalls than these guys. Also gross. Right. right. But, yeah. Well, there's a sandwich in their overalls. The Godwin's, apparently. Okay. All right. And apparently, the sandwich is as big as a mini. So, I mean, what else we got here, really? It, it, it. Devolves into a pretty shitty melee towards the end there. And then Max gets slammed on the announce table right in front of the king as the king laughs his ass off, which is pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that was that was it seemed like there should have been more to that spot because after it happened, like everybody just kind of walked away. And then eventually Minnie just kind of walked back to his side of the you know, his corner of the ring there. No, there was I really I enjoyed this match, but it wasn't very good. Yeah, at the end, Tarantula just totally no-sells Max's big splash. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that was about. But 
Uh, shortly after, Max ends up getting a roll up, and they are victorious. Yeah, and like I said, like I said before, it did seem like the official was like, "Well, everything is falling apart. And I'm just going to count the three, and we're getting out of here." Right, right. Even both sides, it looked like they were confused as to why the match was over. Like mm-hmm. they don't understand if you know a pin falls three. Right. Yeah, it was it was fun. Though. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. These these mini matches are are kind of a nice little addition to the the programming. Yeah. Uh, next up, we get an Austin three sixteen shirt commercial narrated by Todd Pettengill. Hell yeah. of a hell of a commercial. This is probably the best selling item of all time, and it could be yours for only twenty bucks. That was twenty five bucks plus shipping and handling. I could swear I heard nineteen ninety five or twenty. Uh, no, twenty five. That because the Austin shirt was a little bit more. If you wanted a you wanted a Dan the Beast Severn shirt, sure, nineteen ninety five. Austin shirt twenty five, which you know adjusted how much that's going to set you back in today's money. Forty two oh three. Forty oh, well that's pretty good, pretty close. I got uh, forty two seventy three. Huh. That's a pretty expensive shirt. You ever bought a shirt for forty two seventy three? Maybe once. Yeah. Uh, probably a great price. shirt. Yeah, really good. You pay, pay for quality. Did you get one of these through the mail? No, I never ordered one. Uh, never ordered one. But this is this is the shirt, the Austin three sixteen shirt. Mm-hmm. And it could be yours for only twenty five ninety five. Uh are, no, are, just just 25 even plus straight shipping, man. straight 25 okay straight 25 yeah no fucking around just right. 25 give me the 25 just just give it to me so we got a tag team championship match happening next we got the guy wins some headbangers the the headbangers really really got over as tag team champions they did they did and did you see who was with the godwins uncle cletus uncle cletus are you familiar with the man that they call Uncle Cletus. Uh, no, this is the first uh, first sighting of this guy for me, and I don't much care for him. Don't think he brings anything to the table. Well, he brought a horseshoe, but the other thing is he is formerly known as T.L. Hopper. That's T.L., huh? That's T.L. Wow. The old toilet lid himself. Huh. Oh, that's what the T.L. stands for. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think it was? Tim Tim Lawrence? Tim Lawrence Hopper? Uh, could be. But to- toilet lid makes sense. Yeah, the old toilet lid hopper. Yeah, that's, that's who, uh, who old Cletus is. And I couldn't help but notice, and I hope that you notice it too, so I don't just come across as sounding weird. Did you see the God? Did you pay attention to the Godwin's overalls at all? Did you pay attention to them? I noticed they were wearing them. Yes. No shirts on. Yep. Confederate flag patch. Yep. Also had that. Uh, I don't know. Is there a piss stain on him or something? Nah. Well, there was a like a crack sweat line, which was kind of gross. <laughs> it's like, man, right? Don't you don't you put something on to prevent that from happening? Uh, not these guys. All right. Not not down in. Vitters, Arkansas. Yeah, early in this match, they went to a double feature where Thrasher was sticking out his tongue. 
And like the double feature is usually meant for like a move, right? Let's revisit that pile driver. Let's revisit that second rope clothesline. In this one, they do the double feature to revisit the fact that Thrasher stuck his tongue out and he had a pierced tongue. Yeah, they make a big deal about the pierce piercing yeah. of your tongue. Yeah. JR speculates that it's against the law in the state of Oklahoma, <laughs> which is a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good take. Line. Yeah. Um, one of the early notes I got: there's a real sloppy Hurricane Rana that uh, Thrasher attempts. Yeah. From the outside to the apron, good idea, poor execution. I mean, what else do you expect with the Godwins? That's not, uh, yeah. I was gonna say that's that's kind of the the gist of both of these these teams. Generally, is is good idea. Good idea, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Um, I think I think Henry I think Henry is pretty decent wrestler, and I also think Mosh is a pretty decent wrestler. You think those are the strong points of the teams? Yes, yes. I think Cletus is better suited to be T.L. Hopper. I agree. And I think Phineas is better as Midian. That means your odd man out is Thrasher, I guess. Mm. Thrasher wasn't bad, though. No, it wasn't bad. So I learned that Vince McMahon was born in South Carolina. I knew that. And the King asked McMahon if he ever listens to Marilyn Manson. They they incorporate Manson into pretty much every every time we see these guys. Oh, man, Manson was a lightning rod at this time. I suppose he was. Yeah. Out there doing the thing. We get some pretty creative tag maneuvers out of the bangers. Um, they tend to they tend to. I could never, I could never recall the the name of this hole. The the flying, is it just the stage dive? The flying junk to the face. Yeah, you, that was uh, countered by Phineas for the win. Yeah, yeah, yep. it's yep. That's the stage dive. It's just the flying. It kind of is just the flying junk to the face. That's what about. that's what I got. Is the flying junk. To the face, yeah. But... yeah, I think this is about the fourth time I've told you it's stage dive, but that's fine. Well, next time we'll. <laughs> We'll call it the flying junk to the face again. <laughs> this would be a recurring spot. Yeah. Um, the counter was kind of rough, too. It was. Like, uh, it seemed like he wanted to catch him and then drop him down for a power bomb, but the momentum just kind of took him back. Luckily, he got the sit-out part of it, and that was the one, two, three, and it was over. Wasn't as bad as Ahmed Johnson's whatever he was doing, that plunge to the outside a few episodes ago. No, it wasn't as bad as that, but it definitely like you can probably catch or just shift his momentum as he's coming through and drop him down as a power bomb. But it it seemed it, it was weird the way that it it happened because it was like he wanted to catch him and drop him, but the momentum made him take a step backwards. Yeah, uh, lucky enough, lucky enough, he had the presence of mind to sit out right there, and it wasn't wasn't a strong wasn't a strong finish. But we got Godwin's as the new champions. I think this is their second run with the belts. And the ta- tag team division is alive and well here. No, it's not. But they start beating the hell out of him with that horseshoe. Cletus has got the horseshoe. Ever been hit with a horseshoe? I haven't. I haven't either. But yeah, they they really kick it into high gear with the with the beatdown, and they even get threatened with their championships get taken away if they do not cease the beatdown. Right. 
I mean, they got new new champions. Good for them. Good for Cletus. And JR tells him to go drink some moonshine and take a shower and get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> they comply. And next, so you don't think the tag division's alive and well? No, I don't. There's a lot of teams, man. We got the, I think the outlaws are. Um, they're right of, around the corner. They're around right around the, the, corner. the corner. We got these two. We got the Blackjacks riding again. We got LOD. Blackjacks are already done. They're riding again, man. No, they're already dead. Just wait. Uh, oh, I will, but I'm pretty sure they're already done. They're going to ride it. Right again at Survivor Series. Right again. Oh, shit. They are in the Survivor Series, aren't they? Mm. They're really close to not riding anymore. And then I like the bangers. I like Henry Godwin. I don't much care for the Godwins. Uh, the Ernest and Lafon got to be out there somewhere. Nah, man. They disappeared. I have been kind of getting worried about them. The... So I would say that the tag division was uh, alive and well at this point if Furnace and Lafon were around. Or the bodies. But, well, yeah, of course. Duh. Uh, but if the if the I can just based on the fact that they're not, they don't have like a true like technical tag team. They got the 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 slop of the Godwins, they got the the head banging, they got the slop of the LOD. They don't have a lot of like really good like tag team wrestling technical tag team wrestling is not present right now at all i suppose having you know bulldog and owen that was kind of their role i guess maybe yeah i could Uh, see that um i mean but yeah yeah i suppose you're right there's a lot of a lot of kind of middle of the road type of Mm -hmm. type of I wouldn't say jobbers, but well, they they would be jobbers if they were better teams. Yeah, I mean, deal. throw Harlem Heat in the mix, right? There you go. They would have been they would have been the best team in the federation right now if they were there. That's true. Yeah, That's eh, true. Just a thought. Just a thought. So they're still they're still keeping tag team wrestling around, which I appreciate. But the division is kind of real lackluster at this point. Mm. Next up, we get a Stone Cold Steve Austin promo narrated by Michael Cole. And I thought this was pretty funny because he's in this promo. He gives a stunner to every member of the announced team. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, he does. (laughs) It was a pretty, it was a pretty funny little package there too. Cause at the, at the end of it, they synced up him uh, stunning McMahon with that, remember that horrible stunner that McMahon took and he kind of like flopped over the top of Austin's shoulder. They synced up the, the, the video with the music. So it did like three right in a row. Hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. These are, uh, these are classic raw moments that are happening at this time. Uh, Every, everything that Austin's doing is gold. Yes. And yeah, we get a clip of Austin getting arrested for giving McMahon the business. (laughs) <laughs> then we got from the the Rob prior to this event, McMahon gives us the three options. Either get him a doctor's note, uh, says he can return if he totally absolves the WWF of any liability, which to me is the obvious. Okay. Yeah, that's you know, the choice. Yeah. Or, or he could fire him. Right. You know, um, and I don't remember what Austin selected. Well, I don't know why McMahon just didn't choose to fire him. 
he'll get to it. Well, I mean, this is like, I mean, you don't, you don't generally fire your best player, you know? Yeah. We're looking I mean, at, right. we're looking at, you know, like you're not going to release Aaron Rodgers cause he's bitching at you, you know, <laughs> trash talk of the team. That's a good point. But I mean, in this situation though, I mean, if, if you got a guy threatened, if you're the boss, right. Right. Say no. you're the boss, right. I'm the, I'm the employee. I'm the best employee you've ever had in your life. And you're the boss. And I'm like, Hey, Dick, I'm going to stun you. I'm going to, I'm going to put my boot in your ass and I'm going to walk 10 miles. So your ass is dry. What do you think about that? <laughs> you're not going to fire me. Cause I just threatened you. I mean, how good of an employee are you, though? Are you generating me millions? Couple. I might just have to take it, man. <laughs> Keep that in mind. <laughs> so this is a this is a good, great, good to great package for sure. Owen shows up, says he's sick of hearing about what Stone Cold Steve Austin's going to do, and I mean, he is the man who beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. So he's the man that beat Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he's wearing that fucking classic Owen three sixteen shirt. Pretty good shirt. And we're gonna we're gonna see more from Owen in a little bit. But first we get a tribute to the St. Louis wrestling and a whole bunch of NWA stars from back in the day. I had no, like I said at the top, I had no idea that St. Louis was such a you know big deal in the in the wrestling world, but well, I yeah, thought it's a, it's a I thought it was a, I thought it was a really cool thing that they did here. Did not see it coming. Oh, you really liked it. I thought it was cool. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, St. Louis is a hub, just like, you know, Minneapolis was a hub. Chicago was a hub. I mean, like, they got each of those big towns. They got a hub. I mean, we didn't have a handsome Harley race in Minneapolis, though. Yeah, at one point, I'm sure we did. Or a Dory Funk Jr. Yeah, he might have visited. A Terry Funk? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Terry is still active at this point, which I thought was kind of funny because the rest of these guys hung up the tights long ago, and Terry's about to make his debut as Chainsaw Charlie. Well, of course they did, man. Like a couple of those guys, like wrestled his rookie match in 1932. You think he's gonna come out and throw around some huracanadas? I'm not asking for high flying aerial assaults. But... Oh, gotcha. But uh, I don't know. What do you think of this this little? educational segment it was okay i didn't like i didn't dislike it but it seemed like an odd thing to have at in your house bad blood if they were doing some type of a like if it was one of the one of the big four and they wanted to have like a salute to the legends of st louis over the the weekend of the event that would have been something cool or just like a before the show starts bring them all out on stage and honor them that's that's fine but it seemed like kind of a weird spot in the middle this is the middle of the card, and, and part of me thinks that maybe because of having to shuffle things around because of Pillman passing away, maybe this is one of the things that they shuffled, they kind of shuffled in uh, to eat time. Because it, no, because they had video package, so it wouldn't have been shuffled into eat time. I, ah, that's tough, man. I don't, I don't know. It, it, I don't know. I, I wasn't a great big fan of the spot, though. No, no, nah. I, I, yeah, I just i I thought it was interesting that uh, this is you know one of the first times that 
you've you've heard them mention the NWA, you know, or like wrestling outside of the the federation, basically. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there's been the, uh, I think, I think the NWA. So NWA and WCW are two separate things at this point, yep. I believe. I think the, I think the NWA does like a sort of invasion thing later this year, and ECW showed up a couple times as well. So I don't know. I thought that was just kind of a cool because a lot of the time, especially during this area and prior, it's like the you know what's happening within the wrestling company is treated as the only thing that's ever existed you know yeah so i don't know i learned a couple of things so that was i I appreciated it but i i think the whole show the the vibe of the whole show except for the main event was a little bit off probably because it was shuffled around due to due to what happened yeah but uh then we get our, our buddy doc in the backstage area with the nation um so farouk's talking about kicking owen's ass all over the ring everywhere you got anything on this on this bit here wasn't it didn't do an awful lot it just i don't know i think farouk looks like a million bucks i think farouk looks great yeah yeah but i think that the segment good i could have gone without the segment i don't know it was just a standard issue yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna kick his ass i can kick everybody's ass kind of a kind of a situation which is which is fine yeah and now we got the, well, this is kind of interesting too. This is the finals of the King of the Ring tournament. So Austin had to relinquish the, or not the King of the Ring. What the fuck am I talking about? What are you, King of the, the Ring? The, <laughs> the Intercontinental Title Tournament. You doing okay? I'm all right, man. I'm work, I'm on. I'm on a stretch of working seven nights in a row and didn't get me too much sleep today. So Gotcha. Well, this is not the King of the Ring. So, so Owen, the man who beat Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, broke his neck here, Austin's neck, a couple episodes ago. SummerSlam. And a tournament was taking place to crown the new Intercontinental Champion in the meantime until Austin gets his doctor's note or whatever, and then he'll face the winner of the tournament. Yep. And Pillman was actually in the semifinals. And Owen Hart, Owen Hart won by disqualification. Yeah, so huh. that's not bad. That's not bad. Owen comes out. How do you? Uh, how do you want to talk about Owen's music? The, the, yeah, yeah, the music. That was the first thing I wrote down. Uh, yeah. Strange theme music. Don't like it. Doesn't feel right. Yeah, he used it for a while around this time, and I, it's not as good as his original. The Owen Hart's music should have never changed. It would have been great too, even when he was the Blue Blazer. Had he used his Owen Hart music, that would have that had another layer of, of of hilariousness to the character. The yeah, the, the King of Hearts theme or whatever you want yep. to call it. Yep. Do 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 Yeah, just just classic. yeah. It sounds it sounds better in real life than you do it, but I get what you're saying. Right. <laughs> so, I I always love how he's introduced as a two time Slammy Award winner. It's a beautiful thing because he never legitimately won one. But yeah, he had him though. He had him. He he looks real disinterested in this match. Yes, and I was too, to be honest with you. Uh, Austin comes out, and that's that's the part that got me. Like that's the part that kind of got me into it when oh. Austin comes down, and then he grabs McMahon's headset and starts calling the match. That was exciting. That yeah. was super fun. 
yeah, that was <laughs> we got a hell of a contest here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he like at the keel center and he's going right down the right down the line and then he ends up over at the uh the spanish announce table and you hear like the spanish broadcast team tito santana's gonna <laughs> run down and, and austin just looks at him he goes you can say that again and then <laughs> he waits he goes wait you just tell me crazy and then he goes to the french team but the like, probably the best line that uh he says the entire time when he's hopping around the uh the commentary teams because he keeps on telling them that he's going to be in montreal at survivor series to kick somebody's ass Mm-hmm. And then he tells him, he tells the, uh, the, the French commentators, he goes, go ahead and tell him that in France. Oh man. It was, it was beautiful. That, that was, that was the best part of the match by, by a mile. Um, yeah. <laughs> I liked when he's, he's talking to Tito Santana and, uh, the, the guys at the Spanish announce table, he says, I speak enough Spanish to know that you're talking trash about me. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was great, man. He was yeah. he was on his A game for sure. Uh, right, you know, on on the mic and it, just to be able to lock down like each one. And I thought it would have been it would have been more interesting to have him just call the match. I think would have been funny. Right, right. But to have the interactions with the Spanish and French uh, broadcast teams, I, that was. That was about the only like real pleasure I got out of this match in general. Yeah, not much of a match. No, no, it wasn't. And it, it, I mean, Anvil, Anvil comes out, which is which is fine. But you would think with Anvil coming out, somebody in the nation would have came down. And then you get uh, Austin. Austin ends up hitting Farouk in the head with the belt. Kind of an odd finish to the match. It wouldn't make like it doesn't make a ton of sense for him to hit Farouk and, uh, you know, help Owen get the W, but. Oh, he wants to face Owen. Oh, gotcha. That's the whole bit. And like, that that just went over the announce team's head. Yeah, mine too. Well, I think that's where he was going with that. But at the end of the day, Owen did it by himself and he says so. I mean, so Austin's obviously not joining the Hart Foundation. No. Um, but Owen is victorious, two-time Intercontinental Champion, two-time Slammy Award winner. Just adding to that, that wonderful resume, stocked resume, stacked resume. So now we get a flashback where these these flashback packages. This is the second one that is placed in a weird spot tonight. I think this again has to do with shit being shuffled around. So this this it's a package for the Hart Foundation versus vader and the patriot a match that doesn't happen for a while yeah um, that that fucked me up because i'm taking notes so i wrote down the next match and being right. that i read this shit in the ink man so that was tough i i can only imagine man you see i had to i had to i had to cross it out right there right uh, it's a false flag operation um, it was a false flag so we got the Hart Foundation just beating the shit out of Vader with the Canadian flag. Everybody in that match is injured. And we get, like I said, we get all stoked for this match and then it doesn't happen yet. But we do get DOA and your guys, the Bariquas, in a bit of gang warfare here. Hey, the Bariquas don't got the white pants anymore. <laughs> well, they don't have the white pants anymore. You're right. And maybe that was a big complaint to yours last time. It's still a big complaint. I'm going to be honest with you. I still don't. 
I love the Bariquas. They're using their kind of kind of junky Bariqua music this time through. It's not the best. It's not the Bariqua. Uh, at the same time, they're wearing cargo pants, man. And as much as I don't like the white pants, I think I might take those over these cargo pants because these look like hell. You think they should have just gone with black slacks? Black slacks, maybe. How about trunks, man? Trunks? Maybe just, yeah, maybe go the traditional route. Get some sweet-ass Bariqua trunks. What was what was Savio's? Uh, he wore like... Uh, like jeans. Jeans? Yeah, like black jeans. Just jeans, man. Yeah, well, when he was Quang, he wore something different, but... Yeah, just, just jeans. He was a jeans man. These cargos, man, did you own cargos? I don't know. I don't like cargos. I own me some. You do? All right. Well, we're going to have to talk about that a little bit later. But I'm not a fan. Like, I'm just not a fan. Like, these cargos, how come you need so many pockets? Well, you you got to carry some granola to school? Well, you need a, you need a, a spot to put your weed, I'm sure. You okay. know, your wallet, your, what do the break was carry around? Uh your knife, maybe. Need so, a knife, knife pocket. You so you've named like three things, and traditional jeans have four pockets. So I don't see what the problem is here. Okay. So many damn pockets, man, and that weird loop that they got on them. I think that's for hammers, though. That's for, that's for a hammer. For <laughs> yeah, sure. I think that's for hammers. So that part of the pant makes sense. Yeah, that that does make sense. You're right there, but ultimately these cargo pants, man, uh, that's not a good. That's not a good look. And you know the rule about Savio matches. 2.5. 2.5, right. And and this match, I, I can tell you right now, I give 2.5. <laughs> yeah, I'm not giving it much more than that myself. Um what a crap match, man. It was it was junk. The DOA the DOA come out without their bikes due to the short notice, I'm sure. There's a Probably. few there's a few good lines, you know. If you're selling clotheslines for a dollar, these boys will be wealthy. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> uh Boots, Fists, and Clotheslines should mm-hmm. be the name of a book. Yeah. Um Yeah, we get three clotheslines in a row by the Bariquas in the corner, then Savio nails a spin kick over the top move, followed by a victory dance <laughs> on the floor. That that had to be the high spot Savio of the match. Awesome. Oh, just had a thought. Savio and Delo tag team. Oh man, that would have been good. That would have been good. That would have been Savio should have they should have maybe made a exception and let Savio stay in the nation just to get Savio Delo tag. I think that would have been dynamite. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Eh. Well, we'll never know. Uh the king mentions a whirling dervish for the second show in a row. I have no idea what he was referring to this time. <laughs> yeah, that's it, the second time and I think it's it is it it's in the last two shows, each one of them. Yeah, and, and now we do know what a whirling dervish is, but why is it uh, a, a popular saying? Right, it's got, now? it's got no place in this match, as far as I could tell. No, not at all. So, Crush hits a tilt the world backbreaker, gets the win. I mean, we're happy for him, I guess. Yeah, you might be. I wasn't. And yeah, so you're giving that a two point five, huh? Straight two point five. The only good part about the match was that Savio was in it. That that uh, that triple clothesline heel kick spot was pretty sweet. Right, 
Right. The, the, got all those, uh, those uh, clotheslines leading into Savio doing, you know, what Savio does, which is that awesome spin kick and takes his victory lap. Savio's wonderful, but the rest of these guys might, they might be dragging him down a little bit. Yeah, there's some hacks, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's not like anybody's going to be better than Savio. No, that's true. Nobody is better than Savio. Got to change his pants, though. At least they're trying, right? They're trying. The white pants weren't working, so they're trying something else. Yeah. So now we get Brett and the Bulldog versus the Patriot and Bader in a flag match. First, first, uh, first flag match we've had. Like I mentioned earlier, the first... The first thing I noticed was that the flags are out of reach. So that's exactly what I was going to ask you because they said earlier in the earlier in the broadcast, like now we've changed it to you can you can pin or submit your opponent or grab the flag, right? But nobody can grab that flag. No, nobody can. There's no. you. It reminds me of like when you like when you have those bird feeders out in your yard, right? Those the old shepherd's hook uh, bird feeders. And the squirrels climb up them and get get to your 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 bird feed. So then you uh, grease up the pole so that <laughs> the squirrels can climb up. They slide down. Like no, you, there's no way anybody's climbing and getting those poles. Not even Andre the Giant with a jetpack. Not there's there's nobody there's nobody grabbing those damn flags. And I think maybe there was a a little problem with the production team. And they got oh yeah we got we got it. It's great idea. Great idea. We got the poles. They're gonna be way up there. And they're like, well, can you, can you grab them? Like, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. And they go out there and not only that, they don't even, they've, they've put them towards the, the, the flags are hanging towards the outside of the ring, not the inside of the ring and yeah. regular, regular hard cam shot doesn't show the flag. So you knew right away. Even, well, you probably knew when they announced you could also get pinfall or submission. Uh, but that's what we're going to get. That's, that's exactly yeah. what you're going to get. And then they put these, these flags up on these 40,000 foot poles and nobody's going to be able to get them. It was just, it was outrageous. And the match starts off with just a melee and it was tough, man. It was tough. tough watch. I'm going to have to, I think we have to apply the Savio Vega rule to Bret Hart matches and just just call this for what it is. It's give it a 2.5. It's a dinged up Bret Hart though. It's a dinged up Bret Hart, but still. This match is sloppy. It's way too long. Uh, The only. So Wilkes makes a valiant attempt to get up there by the by the flag at one point. All four guys are in the corner and he's he's on Vader's back. Right. And he can't reach the fucker. Then he just takes a takes a bump to the ring. So you said we got to apply the Savio Vega rule to a Bret Hart match and you can't do that can't do that and you're, i love Sa- you're a bret hart guy what are you what are you trying I, to say here i love savio vega very much but bret hart has his own rule okay what's the bret hart rule 3.5 3.5 you dinged up bret hart dinged up bret hart bret hart you in could, a wheel wheelchair it doesn't matter bret hart's 3.5 no matter what you could tell he was dinged up too but i really appreciated him getting out there you know he hit most of his spots he did, and so this should also be a ter- uh, this match. There's so much about it that bothers me. You, you can get you can get the flag, but you can't really get the flag. <laughs> you can, yeah. If you got Andre with the jetpack, maybe pinfall or submission. So it's a flag match, but flag match is no DQ, right? Should be at least. So why isn't this being contested under tornado rules? It should they're have not, been. They're not contesting this under tornado rules. In the beginning of the match, they do that 
freak show me melee and i'm thinking that was to satisfy the fans of the tornado tag type action that they were wanting for this match that didn't satisfy me the only thing that i really found satisfying that well two things i think stuck out in my mind about this match that i found at least entertaining patriots reversal of the sharpshooter because it was about the worst looking sharpshooter ever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then vader doing the vader salt and landing on his feet Oh, yep. <laughs> suck me sideways was that a spot that that almost redeemed this shit show by itself I, was, I i i had to watch it again i didn't i yeah. couldn't believe what i saw we got four, 450 pound guy you know busting a fucking olympic olympic back, maneuver 360 backflip incredible yeah so this is oh fan jumps in the ring too oh yeah yep. and they didn't kick the shit out of him which when i saw that fan in the ring i was hoping that somebody was going to get their ass beat yeah it was a pretty nothing really to write home about as far as that fan spot goes no so since since bret hart's won the title this is very interesting his last title reign he does not headline a pay-per-view event until he loses the thing. Hmm. So wait. When did he uh when did he win the belt? He won it at SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't headline a pay per view. Well, that's kind of bullshit. And that's that's against your every yeah, yeah. everything you believe in. Yeah, pretty much all of it. So it's it's interesting um that see so Lawler's Lawler's reminded the audience about the upstanding character that the hitman is and talks about, oh, right. you know, the fans suck for not embracing him as a good guy. These guys were bitter, bitter rivals. It's, it's interesting hearing this, uh, this talk coming from the King. Yeah, they were, I mean, they were pretty bitter rivals, but I, I think that's one of those things where King finally, you know, saw the light. You're probably right. You know, I know. Um, so, I mean, what else do we, what else do we got here? Everybody's dinged up. Vader Vader tried to get the flag towards the end. <laughs> First, he went for the wrong flag. Yeah. <laughs> he catch that. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, he couldn't reach that one, so he went over to, for the American flag. Couldn't I'm reach that sure one. The flag that you're supposed to get to win if you're the American team. I, I got the same notes you got. You know, should should have been a tornado-style match where everybody's yep. in there. Way yep. too fucking long. Um, I mean, Hitman still hits the spots, gets the 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 ring post figure four, which we which we love. Mm-hmm. And Hitman, oh, Hitman, uh, he gets the bell, hits the opponents with it. Yep. And then what do we got? We got a Vader bomb. How does this thing end? Um, Hitman with a roll up. Is that what we're looking Hitman, at here? Hitman with a roll up. Yep. Hitman with the roll-up ends the flag match. We get Patriot just kind of acting like an asshole here, just given given his wounded. He's a sore loser, is what he is. Yeah, he is. He is. And then when the Brett and Brett and Bulldog are walking out, Brett picks up the flag, and I don't think that he realized at first it was American flag because he starts walking with it in his hand, and then he finally looks down 
And then he fucking throws that thing down the entranceway. I think that he was probably upset uh, of the the quality of match because Brett is known to be a little bit of a perfectionist when it comes to his matches. Right. Uh, and it, it shows in his work because he's unbelievably talented. And that match, there was not much that was good. So I think he probably maybe just upset in the match. I mean, you feel bad for Brett because this is the worst, the worst match we've covered probably that he's been in. And, yeah, it is. But nevertheless, we get a badass promo for the Survivor Series Gang Wars coming up. Oh, yeah, Gang Wars. Lots of gangs. Now, I don't remember off the top of my head, but is there a potentially a minis Survivor Series match? I don't remember. Yeah, but at the end of the show, we'll run down the card like we normally do. But, uh, man, I'm... Kind of that made it move a little bit. Think of a mini Survivor Series match. <laughs> yeah, I can't recall. <coughs> All right, well, on to the main event, huh? <coughs> so we got the main event, the first ever Hell in the Cell match. Well, we got Shawn Michaels, we got The Undertaker. Shawn Michaels, very relieved his European title's not on the line. Um, Vince says extravo dots <laughs> like <laughs> inc- incorrectly, like three, four times. Extravoganza, yeah, it's quite the extravoganza, e- extravoganza, extravoganza. <laughs> Man, that's awesome! So, I'm just taking that and I'm using that from now on. Extravoganza, <laughs> so we get, we get some stats on this cell. The thing is 15 or 16 feet high with a roof, it weighs over a ton. Nice. Once you get in there, there's nowhere to go. Um, Can't get up. They say that Michael's career is on the line. I don't, I don't remember that stipulation. I don't either. I but, just maybe or he can survive it. Maybe he can survive it. Right. Yeah. If he perishes, he's not. He's, he's not re- not wrestling anymore. anymore. Yeah. So we get we get Hendricks back there with Michaels in the game and Ravs and Rick in China. I mean. Probably the best Michaels promo so far, I would say. He, he's, he's, you know, he, he tells us he's the showstopper. He's the headliner, the main event, most tenacious man. And <laughs> I thought it was hilarious because uh, he gets <laughs> he gets done plugging himself. Tri- <laughs> then Triple H has something to say, and he gets cut off. <laughs> so... Uh, that was funny to me. Yeah, Triple H, not Triple H. HBK can plug himself all he wants. I I think I've grown tired of him. Don't like him, huh? No, I mean I still I still think that he's a, he's a very talented performer. He's very good in the ring, but I think like I guess maybe I've listened to too many podcasts covering like his backstage antics and his attitude and. And all that other bullshit where like I watch him now and I'm like, but dude, you're you're a, you're such a prick. And it's hard for me to get behind him because he is such a prick. Mm. So like, I'm not saying that he's a prick now, because now I mean all reports are he's just a f- fabulous guy. Um but back then all reports from everybody that uh, you listen to on you know or any of the podcasts talk about what a dick he was. And then watching him, like it's just like, man, it's hard to it's hard for me to it's hard for me to really get pumped about him, knowing what a prick he is. Mm. 
So WWF's in a pretty dark place at this time. Yeah. You know, Taker, he's evil. He's the dead man. Hitman's evil. HBK's turned evil. I mean, Michaels comes out with his crew. They can't help him. Yeah, and it's like one of the longer entrances in uh, HBK history. It's pretty long. He's not not too thrilled to get this one under the way. He he knows what's coming up. Yeah, because he who's it? He comes out. There's a Triple H in China come out, and then he comes out, and then he tells Rude to come out, and Rude I think misses his mark, and then Rude finally shows up, and then they all walk down to the ring together. Luckily, there's no kids with any Davy Boy figures. Mm-hmm. They get they get in the ring, and then his music starts again before he even gets to his pyro spot, which is just that was a little much. Yeah, I did think it was funny that Sarge was looking underneath the ring with a flashlight before the, the, the match kicked off. That was funny. Didn't find anybody under there. No, they didn't. But the Sarge does lay down the law and send Sean's comrades to the back. Important. So it's just going to be these two competitors and Earl Hebner. So just right out right out the gate here, Taker, Taker gets control. We get a backdrop where HBK's leg hits the top of the cage. It's all sorts of new shit here. Um, I would HBK started climbing the inside of the cage. I didn't quite understand what the motivation was to do that. Didn't he do some deal where he kind of like propelled himself off the cage? Uh, later on in the match, was, at this point, they're they're on the inside of the cage. He just starts climbing up the climbing up the corner. Undertaker grabs him and he spins around as like a power bomb type of a maneuver into the cage twice. Oh. Not really necessarily a power bomb. He's gonna kind of rams him into the cage from the from a power bomb type of a position it's good theater you know commentators tell us you know it's not a good night if you're a Shawn michaels fan and i gotta disagree this is why we like the guy he gets you know he gets no offense at all for the first five minutes or so of this thing but just looks great um his, his, his pants come down i didn't see did the pants come down? I was gonna say there. We I don't think we had a Michael's ass spot this one, but so I think Undertaker put a put an end to all this ass <laughs> ass business because his 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 I think he his pants came down, but he was wearing a pair of trunks underneath the pants, so it looked like he was just sagging his pants, but his ass didn't come out. I think Undertaker was not not having that. <laughs> it's like, enough of this ass bullshit. Yeah. Sean walks up to Taker. He's like, "Hey, I got a great idea for a spot tonight, right? Pull my pants down." And Taker's like, well, "No, we're not. We're not doing that, kid." <laughs> I mean, It'd be a great spot if Undertaker has his <laughs> pants pulled down. Get an Undertaker ass spot. <laughs> I don't think I ever seen one. No, neither did I. Got a lot more class than that. He does. <laughs> so Michaels lands on the camera guy and then beats the shit out of him. That, you know, and that was a real dick move, too. <laughs> it really was, you know. Fucking guy yeah. shows up to work and gets his ass beat. He's not a performer. He's just a cameraman. Right, right. And he he broke Sean's fall. He's doing him a favor here. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, gets, gets the shit beat out of him. Slaughter comes down, and they got to get the camera guy out of there. So they get the EMT folks and 
Yeah. You know? fucking try and get out of the ring and shut <laughs> Michaels. It's like he wants to pull the fucking cameraman back in the ring. He's like, no, 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 no. We started this together and we're finishing this together. Get back in the cell, unnamed cameraman. <laughs> You're not leaving now, camera bitch. Get in the ring. <laughs> it just That's not fair to him. He's got a wife and kids. They say he's got a wife and kids just like everybody. He's going to try to support his family. Well, he played a pretty integral part in this match because that was the that was the excuse we needed for the escape from the hell in the cell. Yeah. So, yeah, Michaels hits the chin music. Taker sits up, and then before we know it, we're on the outside of the ring, and business picks up. Well, was it? Yeah. No, you're right. They are on the outside of the ring, and then he starts climbing the damn cage again. He just likes climbing. One of those freak shows, like when you're a kid, and there's always that one kid that just likes to climb shit. I might have been that kid. I think you I were was. not that kid. No. <laughs> when were you climbing shit? I climbed shit, man. Oh, back, all right. Back in the day. Man, I must have wiped that out of my memory because I didn't want to think I was friends with one of those sideshows. So, you do st- much climbing anymore? I don't do much climbing these days. Okay, that's all right. Friendship, so, friendship continues. So there's a, a couple of legendary spots you just kind of glossed over before he climbs up the cage. We get the a sweet slingshot into the cage, which busts HBK open. Then we get the taker with a couple of these legendary lawn darts into the cage, which become become part of the, uh, you know, don't try this at home package for years to come. Yes. Michaels just has no regard for shit in this match, which you, you got to give it to him, but you know, both these guys are. Yeah. Well, drugs will do that to you. You know, <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, so Michael's is a bloody mess. And then they, yep. And then they, they get to climbing. You got some great camera work here. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of really good shots when they were on top of the cage. Uh, most of the offense on top of the cage is, is Undertaker. Yeah. They, they kind of, you know, throws him around, beats him up a little bit into the other side of the cage, and then Sean kind of starts climbing down the cage, and then he does a table table drop spot there, which was, I mean, it was a pretty damn cool spot. Uh, one of the things, one of the things that we did, we did miss, and I did want to say, uh before all this occurred and i know that we're taking a giant leap backwards but it's okay this is a very important point i'm going to make here we're going to talk about it for for just a moment all right uh sean michaels throws a flying elbow drop and jr says it was the greatest elbow drop in the history of elbow drops i'm paraphrasing of course right but then i thought to myself have you ever seen perry saturn's elbow drop it's been a while boy i gotta tell you Perry Saturn's elbow drop might that might be that might be the tops. A uh, contender. Yeah, you might it might be Mach, Perry, and then Michaels. But Saturn's elbow drop was fantastic. So when Jr. was like, "That's the greatest elbow drop of all time" by Shawn Michaels, well, right away, no, it's not. And then point A, I think he might be in third place after Perry Saturn. Mm. Anyways, so we, well, we can go back. That's why I wanted. To- Get, I'll, get your opinion and you don't have one and that's fine i'll have to i'll have to check out the that perry saturn how would you rank the cm punk is that above or below the heartbreak 
Oh, the CM Punk probably above. Yeah, he's just, sliding right down the list. Just because he does that uh, that that tribute to the the match. Yeah, I do like the fact that he adds theatrics into it. Right, right. So something that I thought was hilarious is when these fuckers were on top of the cage. Hebner's on the turnbuckle yelling up at them to get down. <laughs> <laughs> like an upset parent. <laughs> it, was, it was very funny. Yeah. And you, you know, you thought for a second when they were up there, like, you know, Taker's got him up in the press. It's like, okay, he's going to throw him off of this thing, you know, mm-hmm. just really good work. Um, yeah. Michael takes the Spanish announce table bump. It's a fucking pro. It's broken in half. And, you know, this is probably the match of the year. This is probably the best match that I've seen so far in what we've watched. Um, they get back into the cell. The door is locked. Well, you don't you, you don't see it that way. No. No, I don't. This is the best match that we've watched so far? Oh, boy. Oh, man. Well, all right. Let's finish up with the match here, and then maybe you can give me some some of that rebuttal action. All right. All right. So we get back in the cell. The door is locked. Law and order has prevailed for now. Um, we get a Michael gets choke slammed from the top. That was cool. Yeah. Then a uh, brutal chair shot. Yep. Yep. And McMahon reminds us nobody's ever seen anything like this ever before. I got oh. that. Yeah. Sick, sick chair shot. Yeah, and then the lights go, oh, and that's when you got the biggest oh, boner. And that's when you got the life, biggest right? boner you've ever had in your life, right? Yeah, you you know, could have ate a DQ treats of pizza off of that beast, right? All right, what uh, you want? You want to spill the beans? What do we got here? It's gotta be Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be. So we got what might be the best, you know, debut of a guy. Yeah, the lights going out and that that music hitting one of those organs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they did that perfectly. And then for him to start walking down and like the lighting goes to red, fucking beautiful. They did a they did a phenomenal job. Uh, him ripping the door off. I mean, he didn't obviously actually rip the door off the hinges there, but uh, it was you could clearly see it just kind of came, kind of opened up. It wasn't like it was missing the pin in the door, right? Well, so, it it looked like it, and that's all that matters. Yeah, know? absolutely. And then he walks in, and he fucking stares down Taker, and he he's bigger than Taker, which mm-hmm. is nuts to see. And mm-hmm. they kind of stare each other down. And so this is this is your pick for greatest move of all time. So we get the cane tombstone. This is the first time we see the cane tombstone. And how did you feel about it? First time we see it. Oh, it was great. What do, you, what do you think of the weird spin maneuver he threw in there? So that's exactly where I'm going to next because he threw that kick. He, he set it up with a kick to the gut, which is d- d- just dumb as hell. You don't kick to the gut to set up a tombstone, right? Not smart. And then he kind of does this kind of like he's, and I think what he was doing, this is, this is my, my thought. I don't know if I'm right or not. It makes the most sense in my mind, I guess, logic wise. I think he forgot where the hard cam was. I was figuring something like that. It's like, okay, this is my debut. I, I can't fuck this up. Because he Where's spins, the camera at? Yeah, he spins around like three or four times. And at one point you're like, okay, well, is he showing off? Probably not. And then he drops him in that tombstone. So your favorite tombstone. But there was no jump. There was no quick drop. 
the there was a quick drop. That's quicker than an Undertaker tombstone. There, it's fucking Kane tombstone, man. All right. Well, it was a fucking Kane tombstone, but I don't know if it was as quick drop as you'd want it to be. And I think that spinning around like a like a ballerina, I think that kind of discredits a little bit. But uh, continue. I forgot about that part of the Kane tombstone. That spinner Rooney. I think that was a one-time deal, though. I think it was a one-time deal. I'm still, I'm still hanging on, though, man. I think. That is my whole maneuver of the year. All right. Well, when we get to the wrap-up show, I'll tell you why you're wrong again, and that's that's okay. All right. Well, he and he and Paul Bear they they hit the road after after that badass cane tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> Michael crawls over, gets the win. Gabe and Chai to come out to get the guy out of there as the taker just is out. Yeah. So, yeah, Michael's going to Survivor Series to meet the champ. So. It was very underplayed, but this was a number one contenders match. Yes, it was very underplayed. So you don't think this is the match of the year so far? What do you what do you think is? No, no, I don't. I don't. And so and here's here's why. Uh about probably a quarter into the match, I'm gonna say. Uh right before HPK attacked the cameraman. Mm-hmm. I wrote this match isn't doing it for me. And there's I about there's about twenty more minutes of action after that. You're right. You're right. I didn't I didn't write it down a second time. There was a great like kick to the dick spot, which was wonderful. Like I, I yep. enjoyed. I always enjoy those spots, but there was there wasn't like. I don't know what it was. There was just something that wasn't there for me in this match. I think I remember it a lot greater maybe than it was. I don't think it's the best match we've seen so far in the episode that we've done for this year. I I really don't. I think that it's probably the biggest match as far as long-term importance and impact. Mm -hmm. I think it's the biggest match that we've seen so far. But I don't think it is the best wrestling match that we've seen this, this so far. Yeah, well, we have we have one obvious. You can give it the best match of all time. That you know, thirteen match with Austin and and Brett and Brett. Yep. Uh, this one, it was this one was much better than they the last match these two had. Yeah. Um, it was a lot more appropriate you know without no rules and uh you know this is the first cell in the cell yeah i thought it was great you know i i i would take i because of the extra added intrigue with kane and the kick-ass kane tombstone um i would i would you know coin flip this with that match you know it's all kind of personal preference here but any any i mean taking a beating and selling moves and just nobody really nobody does it better than this guy you know yeah i mean i can see i can see where you're uh i can see where you're coming from and two totally different kinds of matches if we're talking about those two and i think that's the thing like that is absolutely the thing i think that uh you know uh, we've said it multiple times before wrestling's a variety show and the, at this point, my variety is more towards the technical wrestling than it is to this type of, of action. Right. Um, 
I just wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't a bad match. Don't get me wrong. It just wasn't, it didn't do a lot to bring me in early. And I think by the time that I wasn't like captivated by it, it was hard for me to work my way back into it. If that makes sense. Mm. It's like when you're watching a movie, it's like if you're watching a movie, right. And the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes of it doesn't bring you in. And something doesn't like grip a hold of you to bring you right, like bring you deep in right then. It's hard to really work your way back into it. Um, and that's not to say it wasn't a like, I don't want to shit on it because I, I don't think it was a bad match or anything like that. Just for for me, I guess it wasn't that, it wasn't that spectacular. A lot of spots, man. A lot of spots. But they did a great job working. Spot to, City. They did a great job working to the spots. It wasn't just a spot fest. Like right. they worked to each spot. It was it was a really good it was a really good match, but for whatever reason it didn't just it didn't really grab me. All right. Well, you're wrong, but that's okay. Well, I can be wrong sometimes, you know? I mean uh, it's it's hard being right as much as I am, and that's okay. That's okay for me. Like you're usually the wrong guy. Like right. Right, I'll take this this time I'll take like I'll put that hat on for you. For you. All right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate no problem, you. baby boy. All right. Well, we made it through in your house bad blood with two d's um let's just cover a couple things here before we before we sign off so yeah. how how would you rate this with this so this is episode eight or nine i think so we we got quite a bit of material we've been working with um yeah. how do you rank this as far as what we've seen so far um probably they, go second best event maybe yeah they Second or third, it's I'd say those. You know, oddly enough, the in your houses have been the best events so far. Well, there's there's more of them. Odds are that they're right. Be. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, and the stampede, and then I think Ground Zero was another one I liked. Um, I think that was I I'm not sure. We're on like in your house number five. Right. Um, better than average though. They still haven't put out a just. I guess the Canadian Stampede was solid front to front to back. This yeah. one, this one was not. But no, I think it was still a good show, though. Yeah, yeah, it was still it, it was a good show. Like I guess I think it's probably the second best one that we've covered so far uh, in this in this run of episodes. But you're right; they still haven't put together like their uh, Soul Asylum's Black Gold Best of Disc. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. they, haven't, right. they haven't put that together yet, where it's just you sit down and you can fucking what like everything is fun and enjoyable and there's no misses everything is good but they had a lot of shit they were dealing with around this card too so i can kind of give them a pass on that uh kane's kane's debut awesome right mm-hmm. fantastic he does a, a really uh cheap knockoff tombstone which is which is fine it's his but that was it's one of the one of i wouldn't i wouldn't even say one of i think it is the the biggest debut since the debut of the undertaker. And I think that Kane debuting probably adds at least 15 years to the undertaker's career, maybe 10, but being able to run that storyline with those two, whether they were fighting or whether they were teaming up for the next, how long I think, I think that Kane's the introduction of Kane adds longevity to undertaker's career. Huh? That's a that's a mighty take there. 
Uh, yeah, you're probably not wrong. It, finally, finally, the Undertaker gets a, a formidable, big, bad guy. Yeah, you know he's had few, he's had feuds with you know the Hitman this year mm-hmm. and Michaels, which is good. But you know, prior to being in the main event picture, he's been dealt the giant Gonzalez's and the King Kong Bundy's of the world and the fake Undertakers. Glad but, we skipped over some of those years, but this <laughs> we'll probably we'll probably go back to him. Probably, but yeah, this is his his greatest rival, and for sure, um, very very well done. Um, yeah. This is one of the spots I was looking forward to most from this year, and it was satisfying. Yeah, especially that maneuver of the year performance with the cane tombstone with the sweet little spin maneuver. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that was fantastic. It was it was like it's like when they when they make a, a cherry coke by adding uh, cherry syrup to a shasta. That spin made it a little bit better, but it was still a knockoff. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing what that next cane tombstone is going to look like. Yeah, absolutely. So next up we have <laughs> the Survivor Series. I got the card ready. All right, what I love that. It's like a new thing that we do, right? Yeah. Preview. We'll preview the card, right? Yeah, yeah. Give it to me, man. What do we got? I like it. Well, I'm not going to give it to you um, on air. Give it but to me. We we have the uh, we have uh, four on four Survivor Series match, Godwins, and the Outlaws versus the Bangers and the New Blackjacks. Told you the New Blackjacks were riding again. Yeah. They're riding again here, but that's kind of an interesting pairing, don't you think? The blackjacks, With the headbangers, bangers. yeah, that yeah. Does, that doesn't make any sense. No, nope. uh, so that's a, that's that's a four on four traditional Survivor Series matchup. Love it, right? Looking forward to that. I I like my Survivor Series. I like with traditional Survivor Series matches. That's right. that's what I like. Uh, match two, we got here. We got the Truth Commission. Oh, remember right. those bastards? Kurrigan and Jackal and Bull Buchanan. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he was B squared yet, but uh, we got uh, we we got Jackin, Jackin. <laughs> Man, screwed that one up, but that's funny. I might call him Jackin forever now. Uh, yeah, we got Jackal, <laughs> we got the Interrogator, we got Recon, and we got Sniper, and they're going up against the DOA. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a five-star class <laughs> oh man I'm lo- that's that should be fun i'm looking forward to that man uh, that that does not sound like a good match well you, it doesn't sound like it but i think we're both going to be very very uh <laughs> very surprised right how many over under on how many clotheslines do you think we're going to get in that match well if you uh, so if we if you can remember uh, I'll write it down. I'll write it down. <laughs> if you give two close, what well, two close lines a guy? That's that's pretty cheap. So over under for the Truth Commission versus DOA match. I'd say sixteen. Uh, you're gonna say sixteen to a guy? Yeah. I'm gonna bet the under. You're going the under, huh? Yeah. All right. I'm gonna write it down. Kevin bets the under sixteen. Okay. <laughs> what do we What do we got next? Uh, we got Ken Shamrock, Abed Johnson, and the Legion of Doom. <laughs> your favorite guys. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, oh wait, no, no. We don't have that next. I screwed up. Forget about that one. All we right. got team. We got Team Canada. 
which is the bulldog. Not from Canada. The anvil. Not from Canada. <laughs> and the returning furnace and Lafon. Oh shit! Hell yeah! At least one of them guys is from Canada. Oh yeah. You told me uh, one of them was from Oklahoma. Yeah, furnace is from Oklahoma. So I'm is so there is one Canadian. Yeah, that's that's fine. All right. And then they're going against Team USA, which is really an island of misfit toys here. <laughs> Gold Dust, Marvelous Mark Barrow, <laughs> Steve Blackman, and Vader. All right. Here's what I'm pulling for. To my memory, it doesn't happen, but I'm pulling for a Mark Merrill Soul Survivor situation. Or, oh, final three, Furnace and Lafon and Mark Merrill. And they decide to be friends. That's a good ending. That's I All like right. that. Right. Uh, then we got Kane against uh, Mankind. So no more being the dude. Now he's, he's back to Mankinding. I'm going to forecast a, a bigger, better Kane tombstone for this one. Uh, well, I mean, take it easy, Belinda Jensen. So then we got... This oh this this is your your contest you couldn't wait to get to yeah Ken Shamrock Ahmed Johnson and the Legion of Doom go up against Farouk D'Lo Kama and the Rock in a in a four on four Survivor Series match you know that might not be that bad it's got D'Lo and I think D'Lo probably deserves the same respect as Savio Vega with a two two and a half star baseline. What are you predicting for this one? I don't remember how this one turned out. I don't remember either, but I'm guessing um, it's going to be a poor match. Poor match. Because no matter how good D'Lo is, you also have Ahmed and Shamrock in there, too. You got the Rock. I mean, the Nation, those are four, those are four good technicians right there. That's a stud stable. It's a real stud stable. Uh, and then we got uh, Steve Austin against... Owen Hart. Oh, that'll be good. Should be pretty fun. Oh. And then we got the uh, Montreal Screwjob. Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. Oh. So, Screwjob Survivor Series is next. That should be a, a fun one. I got some good takes. I got some good takes on that one. Good takes, huh? Yeah. That should be fun. I will be laughing a lot. All right. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I want to thank you for tuning in to Jade Rasslin's Year of Duke and Rogue with, uh, what do we do today? Bad Blood? Bad to the Blood. Bad to the Blood. Until next time, we'll be hitting you with Survivor Series, the screw job. It'll be an extravaganza! <laughs>